Welcome to another gospel message from St. Luke's Anglican Church, Clovelly. The first Bible reading today is from Luke chapter 19, verses 1 to 10. It's the story of Jesus and Zacchaeus. He entered Jericho and was passing through, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. And he was, he was a chief tax collector and was rich, and he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not, because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone into, to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. And the second reading today is from 1 John chapter 4, verses 9 to 14. In this the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we are, abide in him and he in us, because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the saviour of the word, world. This is God's word. Hi friends, I'm just going to do a little sound check on this one. We're good? Beautiful. Uh, welcome. It's really exciting to be together uh, in this strange time. And uh, the next few weeks, we're going to kind of uh, give thanks to God for what's happened. Even in this strange year, we're going to think where God is taking us together and we're going to celebrate his goodness to us. I'm going to pray and we're going to ask for God's help. You might like to pray a prayer like that. Why don't you bow your heads? Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your kindness to us in so many ways uh, amidst all that's going on in this broken world and especially to us in Jesus. And we pray, Lord, today that you would help us to know both that we are sent and that we are loved. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. July 2018. Twelve boys and their football coach got trapped underground in a cave system in Thailand. It was a mission against the clock as the monsoonal rains were threatening. Uh, day two, they managed to find a handprint on one wall of a cave. Day three, they found bags and sandals that had been left behind, but they were three kilometres inside the cave system. It wasn't until day nine that they realised that the boys were actually alive and two weeks before they were rescued. As part of the international response of at least six countries, Australia sent six specialist divers who were a key part of that rescue mission. At the heart of Christianity is the message that Jesus was sent. Now, you might go on a holiday, but when you're sent, you're on a mission, aren't you? 
Sent implies urgency, implies responsibility, intentionality, and gravity. And the good news of the gospel of Jesus is that Jesus was sent. Sent by God, sent out of love, sent into the world, sent to save the world. Now this month we're thinking about our church vision, new life in Christ for our whole community. Now that's a vision that recognises that the church is sent into the world with God's love. And that the reason that God has put you and me here in the eastern suburbs is not to enjoy the good life, but to share new life with those around us. And if it's the case that perhaps you're not yet a Christian and you're curious and you're exploring and you're here, Acts 17 says that God has put you here in the eastern suburbs, 2020, and here today, actually, that you would find new life in Jesus Christ. Now, today you uh, should have got an information pack um, on your chair. I'll make sure you got one on the way out if you didn't. Uh, Livestream people will take care of you as well. Um, and there's lots of uh, photos, and uh, make sure you find the photo page afterwards. There's some plans for 2021 that we're working on. But also what we're going to do, and especially for those of you who are in community groups, it's a chance to refocus on what it means to be sent. To be sent. Now, that's always been true, but perhaps COVID has made it especially true. So for one, I need to let you know that this December, there ain't no Christmas street party. Sad. Uh, for those of you who are new amongst us, we run this beautiful community event, shut the street out here. Uh, there's people, there's food, there's carols, there's uh, obstacle courses for the kids, and it's just this beautiful, fun community event. It's not happening this year, is it? But we were never just putting on events and kind of crossing our fingers hoping people would come. We've always been a people sent out by God to love the people around us. Now, that doesn't mean that it's all up to you now and you're all on your own. We are sent together as God's people. As Christians, we know that God has sent us here in the eastern suburbs in 2020 to love this city with the love of Jesus. The kicker is, that's going to cost you. At times, it's going to affect your reputation. It's going to hit your wallet. It's going to be inconvenient. You're going to have to overcome your fear. You're going to have to step out of your cozy bubble. And we are going to have to constrain our lifestyles so that others would find eternal life. Which is why to live sent, even more than knowing that you are someone sent by God, you know what you need to know? You need to know that you are loved by God. And that's what I want to share with you the rest of the time today, really. The way that you can know that you are loved by God is by knowing that Jesus was sent. Sent for you. Sent first. To save us. Uh, in John's Gospel, um, the Gospel of John, uh, over 40 times Jesus says that he was someone sent by God. Uh, Jesus of Nazareth claimed to be far more than a guide who could point you to God. He's claiming to be someone sent from God. God, come to us. And here in chapter 4 of John's letter, 1 John, the reason that you can know that you're loved by God is because Jesus was sent. Sent historically, sent sacrificially, and sent necessarily. You got that? That's where we're going. Okay? So, first thing is, uh, John tells us in this section that Jesus was sent historically. Okay? And this verse on the screen, verse 9. 
In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. Now, there's a lot of uh, people who kind of barely give Jesus the time of day who think, oh, of course God loves me. There's others of us who our hurt and our guilt and our sins of our past make us wonder if God could ever love me. The question is, how do you really know? And the answer is only if God has made his love manifest, clear, tangible, historical, and that's the point here. God's love can be seen because God has sent his son in person, into the world, in recorded history. Now, um, if you tell someone, you know, you bump into someone in the street and you say, oh, look, sorry, I've got to head to a meeting, um, that doesn't necessarily mean what it used to mean, does it? There's a follow-up question. Um, online? In person. Ah, oh, this meeting's in person. Well, John's telling us that God has sent his son in person. There was a time, 4 BC, there was a place, Bethlehem, there was a person, Jesus of Nazareth. And if you're someone who's got doubts about, about the claims of Christianity or maybe about whether God loves someone like you, there is evidence that you can investigate. There is testimony that you can actually weigh up. Now, for me, that was very compelling as a teenager, having kind of grown up in church and with Christianity around me, just to know that actually, as the doubts kind of came up as a teenager, to know that the events of Christianity didn't happen in a cave, some private revelation that can never be disproved, but happened in public, in history, to be investigated. And it might be that for you, coming on our next course to investigate the evidence for Christianity is the next step in your journey with God. But John's saying the fact Jesus was sent historically and tangibly, that's what assures us of God's love. That's how we know. And for us as Christians to live as those sent by God with his love into the world, you know, if we're really going to bear the cost and not just kind of default to laziness and get out of our comfort zones, do you know what? We need to know it really happened. And we need to know that we are really loved. And that's John's point. Jesus was sent historically. And that tells you God's love isn't some sentimental wish, but a historical fact. So that's the first thing. Jesus was sent historically. And then the next time that John speaks of Jesus being sent, the point is that Jesus was sent sacrificially. And this is verse 10 on the screen. In this is love, not that we've loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Now, propitiation, we're going to come back to that, but some translations at this point would say an atoning sacrifice for our sins. And that kind of reminds us of the Old Testament and the very many atoning sacrifices in the Old Testament, um, the Passover every year, the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, and many, many, many more. How for a time, God deemed the life of an animal sacrificed could symbolically atone and deal with sin until the time that Jesus came and offered the one ultimate perfect sacrifice that rendered them all obsolete. You see, the fact Jesus was sent as a sacrifice means he didn't just kind of happen to die. He was sent to die. I still think that Saving Private Ryan is just one of the epic war movies, this story of rescue and sacrifice. Uh, Tom Hanks and uh, the seven men in his squad are given this mission there is a kind of nugget of a true story behind it. And uh, they're, they're sent to find and rescue Private Ryan, 
Uh, the army's um, discovered that um, all, uh, he's got four, one of four brothers, and all the others have died in the war. And so even though in one sense he's no one special, the army's decided they don't want to have to tell his mum that all four sons have died in the war. So they send on this rescue mission to find him. And then as Tom Hanks' squad kind of treks through this war zone of uh, uh, World War I, searching for this one lowly ranked soldier, one by one, the captain and most of the squad give their lives for this one life of Ryan. There is a true story behind this, and uh, it's just that it's a little less dramatic. The army was worried um, about um, this fourth brother dying, but the, the guy, Fritz Neeland was his name, was just found by the chaplain without any great sacrifice. But you see, in the Thai cave rescue and Private Nyland and Private Ryan, no one was ever meant to die on that rescue mission. But when Jesus was sent, he was sent to die. Such was God's love. The real kicker is that word propitiation. Okay, now I actually think that's the best translation. What it means is a sacrifice that turns aside anger. Okay, a sacrifice that turns aside anger. Now, that assumes, doesn't it, that the Creator God is angry at the state of the world. Now, at this point, I reckon kind of Christians have been very apologetic about the fact that maybe God could actually be angry. But you know what? We just live at a time where almost everyone's angry. Just this culture of outrage in, in the world. And in one sense, you know what? We should be angry. We should be angry at the state of the world. George Floyd and David Dungay, the systemic racism, the corruption going on at the highest levels of government in places around the world. Um, people who are profiting deliberately from the pandemic at the expense of others. The scourge of domestic violence going on in the eastern suburbs, the shiny eastern suburbs, and just the rank selfishness in the Western world. Like in one sense, we should be angry at the state of the world and how us humans can treat each other. But do you know, so much of the outrage comes from this place where I'm in the right and I want to make others pay. The Gospel of Jesus says that the God who made us and who loves us is angry with us. He's slow to anger. He's slow to anger, but he is angry at the way that we've rejected and pushed him aside and the way that we've hurt others. But the good news of the gospel of Jesus is that even when God was angry at us, he loved us. And he didn't try and make others pay. He sent his own son to pay for us. Jesus, who his perfect life and perfect sacrifice took the anger that was directed at us and was born by him. Now, that tells you something crucial about God, right? Now, stay with me. Imagine that there's a God who is only holy, okay? Only perfect, only pure. That God would never have sent Jesus, right? Would have just told you to um, pull up your socks and uh, try a bit harder and be more moral and earn your way to heaven. No, Jesus. Imagine uh, another God, um, the God of kind of, the Western modern imagination, the kind of all-accepting God of love. That God wouldn't have sent Jesus either. Would have just overlooked all of the racism and corruption and evil and sin in our hearts and just kind of embraced, us, embraced it all. 
But John's telling us, the gospel of Jesus is telling us that actually the true God is both perfectly holy and perfectly loving. Enough to bear the cost of true love himself in sending his son as the sacrifice for us. Now, did you notice what it says about true love? Right? Before we'd ever loved God, in fact, when we'd rejected God, he still loved us. True love isn't measured in roses and chocolates, but the gift of Jesus given for you and given to you. And if it's possible that you've never thanked Jesus, never received the gift of his forgiveness, never repented and come back to him, today's the day. Why don't you do that when we pray in a moment? And then there's a third time that John tells us Jesus was sent. And this time, the point is that he was sent necessarily. And this is in verse 14 on the screen. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Saviour of the world. Jesus, has sent, Jesus was sent to be the Saviour of the world, right? Necessarily. You got it? Um, if Jesus was never sent, we would never be saved. Now, um, the Thai rescue, right? Um, they found the gear on uh, day three um, in the caves. They only found the group on day nine. And then expert divers, um, they had to wait for the kind of rains. And then expert divers were only able to ferry out four boys at a time over three consecutive days in this a very elaborate operation. But imagine. Imagine instead of sending rescuers, expert divers, imagine that they just sent a message in a bottle through and said, um, look, uh, you just, boys, you just really need to believe in yourselves. You just really need to kind of look within and find the power within. Love you guys. It wouldn't be love, would it? You see, um, before God, we were utterly lost without Jesus. Addicts to living our own way, unable to save ourselves. And I suppose um, Private Ryan might have been able to save himself if he'd got the message that he was you know, being called home but not the boys in the cave, and not you and me. That's kind of the difference between religion and the gospel, actually. Religion gives you some advice so you can save yourself. The good news of the gospel of Jesus is about what Jesus has done to save you because you could never save yourself, and me too. Jesus was sent necessarily. Now, that that one tells you something crucial about us, doesn't it? We were utterly lost. But Jesus, Jesus had to be sent to die. But we are completely loved because the Son of God was glad to be sent to die for you and me. And friends, if you're a Christian, um, you will only grow as a Christian to the extent you can grasp how lost you were without Jesus and how completely loved you are with Jesus. But that's a story for another day. The fact that Jesus was sent necessarily reminds us how much the world needs Jesus. It's not Muhammad or Mary. It's not mindfulness or meditation. It's not morality or religion that will save you. Joe Biden's not going to save the world. Neither is Donald Trump. And even a vaccine is not going to save us from our deepest problems. But Jesus was sent to be the saviour of the world. Now, the Western world keeps imagining that we can live this life without reference to God, that we can kind of get the kingdom, you know, peace, love, forgiveness, without the king, Jesus. 
But here we are facing this epidemic of loneliness, this growing problem of adolescent um, mental health crisis. Um, relationships are struggling in so many ways. And just our world needs Jesus. And Jesus was sent to be the saviour of the world. Now, friends, um, if you're a Christian, God is sending us. And you know what? Even if it costs us, Jesus already bore the ultimate cost for you and for me. And even if God is sending us at times to love people who don't seem very interested, that was you and me. We didn't love God. But he still loved us and sent his son for us. We are utterly lost without Jesus, completely loved with him. Let's pray together. Oh, Heavenly Father, we just praise you this day that you sent your only son into the world so that we could know historically, tangibly your love. We thank you that his love was seen sacrificially, that he didn't just live the perfect life, but he died the perfect death in our place, bearing the anger we deserve. And Father, we thank you that this reminds us just how necessary it was, that we were utterly lost, but in Jesus we are completely loved. And Father, I pray for my friends here today who might not yet know that love and have put their trust in Jesus, that please you would melt their hearts and move them and overwhelm them with your love and bring them home to you. And Father, for those of us who know this love that you've shown us, please so fill us with your love that we would live as those sent by you into the world with the love of Jesus Christ. And we pray in his name. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information about St. Luke's Anglican Church, please visit www.clovelly.org.au.